Hello, folks, and welcome to the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. I forgot to charge my stuff, so there's no music today. Really great uh, job on the production on my part. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If you want to listen to that regularly, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple, Spotify. Rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe. If you do subscribe over there, then you'll uh, not miss our shows when we drop them on Mondays. And speaking of Mondays, it is one right now at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And that means we're live on YouTube on the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel. Go over there, subscribe, hit the notification bell, hit the like button, do all the stuff that you got to do on YouTube to make a show up. Because if you do join the show on Monday night, you can comment, be a part of the show. We love interacting. We love talking to y'all and, uh, and letting you be a part of the show. So, Drop in here. Come hang out with us. Obviously, the season's about to kick off, so it's about to get really, really fun. Uh, just, what, man, six-ish weeks out now at this point. So close. We're, we're going to make it, guys. Uh, but at Charlie underscore bros, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports, A to Z Sports.com for everything that Zach writes on the internet, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram. Go follow the Big Orange Podcast on Instagram. Go hit us up. Uh, we're all over the place. All right. As I said, I forgot to do the music, so sorry this is uh, a little awkward. I like it to be a little more sort of like radio-y up front, but hey, we're doing it, Zach. Uh, you are in New York <laughs> at the moment. Why are you in a cabin right now, Zach? Yeah, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Uh, my kid's playing baseball at Cooperstown up here this week, so we had to, to rent a place to stay, and we're in a cabin in Afton, New York, which is... A little bit south of Cooperstown, there's nothing out here. It is way more rural than anything I've seen in Tennessee or most parts of the South. I was I haven't been to, you know, upstate central New York. I've just kind of been to the city. So I was kind of surprised driving through Pennsylvania and into New York, kind of how how desolate some of the areas are out here. But uh having a good time so far. But yeah, in this cabin, not good lighting. So we'll see we'll see how it goes. Internet seems to be pretty decent at least though. Yeah. You look great. Honestly, I mean, that's pretty in the fun. shadows. Yeah. And you're, you're getting in a nice, a nice trip before the season starts. Cause obviously once the, the actual football begins, I mean, it's over for guys like us, um, specifically you, I guess I'm, I'm much more out of the lifestyle at this point. Although I was once, that was once my full-time gig. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy, especially with how much hype Tennessee has. And speaking of hype, and the season, yes, there was SEC media days today. It kicked off. Heupel doesn't talk until Thursday. We're going to talk about that when he does. We're, we're going to post sort of an extra episode this week about that if everything works out correctly time-wise. Uh, but the main news is that the NCAA ruling came down on Tennessee. But really, the main news, the main, main news on all of that is, is sort of all the details that have come out and just, I mean, only in SEC football and really only at Tennessee, the type of stuff that has come out about this. We're going to talk about it all today. It's just ridiculous. But then there's also, we'll, we'll go from that. Uh, I mean, that's, that's going to be fun, frankly, talking about Pruitt and all his nonsense, but we got a, a little news about recruiting, possibly, maybe likely a five-star wide receiver coming to Tennessee. <clears throat> and then we're going to talk about the stuff that ended up happening with baseball over the last week and review 
that that's going to be the show today thanks to everybody that's hanging out uh right now but we're going to start off with this NCAA talk right after I tell you about our first great sponsor, and that is Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans have been serving Tennesseans for over 75 years. Much has changed in Tennessee over the years, but some has stayed the same. Farm Bureau Health Plans has always valued personal relationships, especially when it comes to good health and good service. Plan on Farm Bureau Health Plans for health, dental, and vision. For better coverage, better rates, and better service, go to fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z. Or walk into one of their 200-plus locations across the state. That is fbhp.com slash A-T-O-Z, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Support them because they support us. Big thanks to them. All right. <clears throat> this NCA stuff, Zach, you uh, have been following it a little closer to me because that obviously doing this stuff is is your full-time gig. But I, I've obviously, I've seen a ton of it, but you've just been a little more in the weeds. Uh, let's Let's start here. The actual ruling itself. What did you think of the, it was what, 12 additional scholarships, I believe, and then 35 player visits and a four-year probation? Did I? I, uh, Somewhere, yeah. I think it's five-year probation. Five-year? 36 official visits. I'm not sure if some of those, that that they won't get, 36 official visits that they have to give up. Over that time period, I think it was 28 scholarships in total. I think they're getting credit for 18 that they've kind of self-imposed. So 10 over the next five years, basically two per year. Not, you know, not not debilitating to the program by any means, but it is two less, you know, talented players that you have on your roster. It does hurt depth a little bit, but it's not like it cripples the program or anything like that. But, you know, compared to what, what Hypo went through the first year he was at Tennessee. I mean, all things considered, you know, you have the big fine too, which could, could be over nine million dollars when you factor in the 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 eight million dollar fine plus i think some of the revenue they have to give up that that's akin to their operating cost for the fans you're not going to notice a whole lot i think the biggest thing is the no postseason ban obviously which was expected i mean we've heard that for a couple of months now that we we're not expecting tennessee to get a postseason ban but until the ncaa comes out with that ruling you're just kind of nervous because the ncaa is such a wild card there's really no rhyme or reason to their punishments. We've seen other programs cooperate and still get hit with these massive penalties. So thankfully, Tennessee was able to avoid that. They can kind of start putting all this behind them, wrapping up this kind of that down era of Tennessee football and, and all the fallout from everything that happened under Pruitt and the way that he was fired. Uh, I'm like you. I think the most interesting thing, and credit to to Adam Sparks from the Knoxville News Sentinel, yeah. some incredible reporting that he did this week, getting some of the the text and the emails and some of the the testimony for the NCAA hearing in front of the committee. I mean, he got a lot of information to put out there that kind of, you know, just just kind of showed some behind the scenes looks at how all this stuff was happening, how sloppy it really was and how brazen some of Tennessee's assistants under Pruitt really were, including, uh, you know, recruiting staffers, student assistants. I mean, all kinds of people kind of wrapped up in this mess. Yeah. The, the actual ruling itself to just cover that quickly. If you followed me for any decent amount of time, you probably know my stance on the NCAA. I mean, I have seen, so yeah, here's big 10 Jeff in the comments as always. Uh, and he is an Ohio state fan. As many people who watch the show know, he said, Tennessee got off easy. You could think that, but I don't have an opinion really either way on the ruling because any, (laughs) any punishment at all is stupid because 
you should be able to pay players a rate that's commensurate to the product that they put on the field. And these guys produce billions and billions and billions of dollars for people and never see almost any of it. Uh, now, for thankfully, because of an IL, they're seeing a little bit of it now before they were only seeing what they could get under the table. Uh, but really, why is this stuff against the rules? It's stupid. If you were running a business and some you know group that your business is a part of uh, came down and said, why are you paying your employees? Why would you, we're going to punish you for paying your employee. That's stupid. It's dumb. It's idiotic. It always has been. The NCA is a useless garbage dump and they should screw up. So there's quickly my, I don't need to get into the weeds on that. I've said plenty <laughs> about that, but yeah, when it comes to everything with Pruitt, man, there's just, it's an onion. And, and as you said, Adam Sparks, I mean, good Lord. I know a lot of people give tons and tons of grief to Knoxville Sentinel, including yours truly. I have clowned on them plenty. But Adam Sparks, really, what an incredible job uh, reporting he's done the last few days with this stuff. Just, here, here's my overarching take. Everything that's been uncovered about Pruitt has actually made me feel better about, about Pruitt. I've seen, you know, he talked about some situations where he had players' parents that were coming to him in really dire situations, and he was helping them with money. And it seemed like a lot of times he really did care about his players, and that's great. And and we kind of thought that before, but this really just confirmed that. And I overall, like, do I think that he's like an evil person or anything like that? No. But also what this confirmed is that this guy was an idiot. Oh, my gosh. The way he ran this place. Would you even say he ran this place? He had no control over anything. You want to talk about loss of institutional control? I mean, my God. Like, this, just like absolutely mind-numbing. Reading through some of this stuff where you were just like, what are you, what was the thought process here? What are you, were you thinking? Literally, were you thinking anything? Is it just a, a black void in between the, those ears under that bald head? I don't know. I just, I was beside myself reading some of that stuff. I, I don't know what your your thoughts were on it, Zach, but I, my man, what a big giant dummy. Well, before we jump to that, I think Big Ten Jeff mentioned that, you know, Tennessee got off easy not getting a bowl ban. Lots of programs have got those postseason bans and feel like maybe it's not fair for Tennessee. I can understand, you know, their feelings on that. I think if it was the other way around, if Tennessee had had a, you know, postseason ban at some point, and then Georgia went and did something and, and similar and didn't get a postseason ban, there'd be some frustration there. But ultimately, it's dumb that the NCAA's ever banned any program from postseason play, especially when the guilty parties are usually gone by that point. I think what the NCAA did in this case, fining Tennessee the nine million about what it'll be, which is essentially equivalent to two years worth of payouts that they would receive from bowl games, I think that might make so much more sense because the current players still get to go play in those games. It doesn't affect them, but the program, you know, doesn't get that revenue. It's it's dumb in general when you're thinking about, you're talking about $60,000 in, in impermissible benefits is what was reported. That's not swaying many recruitments. And I think that's what's getting lost in all of this. Everybody talking about how Tennessee was cheating Still not really getting all the players, not getting the top five classes, and, and certainly not having the success on the field under Pruitt. I mean, that's not $60,000 in impermissible benefits is not cheating to land big-time recruits. Uh, that's just not how this world works. And 
Darnell Washington, uh, you know, that went to Georgia and played there. That's obviously been one of the ones that's been talked about a lot because uh, in Adam Sparks uh, report, he mentions that former Tennessee assistant Brian Niedermeyer what, paid him 750 bucks in cash in a parking lot when they first started recruiting him. And then there's a couple thousand dollars in, you know, hotel visits and stuff like that for for hosting him on these unofficial visits where schools aren't supposed to pay for any of that. I think we all know that happens at, at every single program. I don't think there's any five-star recruit out there that's going to take an unofficial visit and pay for it himself at a, at a major program. It just doesn't happen. And this $750, if Brian Niedermeyer or Jeremy Pruitt thought that that was going to sway you know, his recruitment and, and bring him to Tennessee for $750, I mean, they're outside their mind. And I don't think there's any part of them that believe that. So I think that part of it kind of gets lost. But yeah, just... That combined with the sloppiness of every bit of it and just all the, the trails of evidence that were left behind, it is unreal. I mean, you 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 can say, yeah, Tennessee kind of th- threw this out there so they would have a reason to fire Pruitt with calls. I, I, he deserved to be fired with calls for letting this go on. I mean, he had no hold on the program at all. He had no control over what his people were doing. They weren't doing it in a clean and efficient way. Look, we all know Pruitt's been at Florida State. He's been at Georgia. He's been at Alabama, under Jimbo, under Mark Rick, under Nick Saban. The guy learned all this stuff from someplace, right? He just he doesn't have the, the leadership abilities to run a program and to handle all that and to manage it all. And not everybody does, man. It's a tough job. Uh, he's a high school football coach. Yeah. He acts like a high school football coach, <sighs> carries himself like a high school football coach. He operates like a high school football coach. And he was just thrown into a situation that was, he was just in so far over his head. It's just incredible. Uh, and, and like to the point of you saying he, you know, he's at Georgia and Florida state and Alabama. I mean, there's some, some of the stuff from Adam Sparks. Like this one, where it's just it's a whole rabbit hole that we could go down, but we're not gonna because you got to kind of concentrate more on the high points. He tweeted this just earlier. Jeremy Pruitt carried lots of cash during recruiting scandal in Tennessee, but Pruitt's lawyer argued that that's nothing new. He did the same thing at Alabama, and and he proved it through Pruitt's bank records. I mean, that's a whole thing right there to talk about. Uh, yeah, I mean, we all knew that Alabama ha- has always been doing that with Saban, but hello, somebody. I, what? <laughs> this is all coming out right now in the NCAA. Tennessee's going to get hit. Well, he, literally, with proof in a bank statement, he did it at Alabama. So, <laughs> you know, you like that, again, it's going down a road that really just leads me to being like abolish the NCAA, which really we should. But so, some some of the other stuff that you mentioned there, that has to be brought up. I mean, Pruitt was so stupid in all of this, and just the hiring of Brian Niedermeyer, among other guys. Brian Niedermeyer was the most egregious example. This guy went into this NCAA investigation and just debased himself. Went in and talking about how he had a girlfriend, <laughs> allegedly according to according to these records that Adam Sparks uncovers. Incredible. Just go look through it. His timeline is gold for the last few days. Um. Had a, had a girlfriend, right? And the girlfriend was, according to Niedermeyer, that he said this to NCAA officials, and this was to avoid a punishment from the NCAA. He just embarrassed himself, said the girlfriend spent all of his money. And the reason, what what exactly was it? He, he was hiding 
his girlfriend's spending because the girlfriend spent a lot and he was still on his parents' bank account. And the man was paid $400,000 a year at Tennessee or like 355 or something. And she goes and just tells this completely embarrassing tale. God knows if it's actually true. But to share, it shares a bank account with his parents, is embarrassed about the girlfriend that he had that's buying all these Prada bags or some garbage. And I, I mean, come on. Like, come on, dude. Come I on. This I can't don't, be real. I don't know why Brian Niedermeyer didn't just spill everything out there about Pruitt and everybody. I don't know who he's yeah. trying to protect because he's he wasn't really on the fast track to being an, an, an on-field coach before Pruitt brought him to Tennessee, really. He, he wasn't a guy that we even knew about that wasn't even on the radar. He probably wasn't going to get another job in college football for a while. He's down at, I think he's down still at IMG Academy, which has already been some controversy with Tennessee there. You know, when, when Carnell Tate, and I think Big Ten Jeff mentioned earlier the tragedy with Carnell Tate's mother that she was you oh, know, so killed in a, I guess, a drive-by shooting. So certainly thoughts and prayers to him and their family is absolutely terrible. But yeah. remember when he committed to Ohio State, Niedermeyer tweeting out the whole, because uh, Tate, you know, went to IMG, tweeting out the you love to see it tweet there that was kind of directed at Tennessee because Tennessee was hoping to land him. Uh. Just the, the maturity level of Niedermeyer was Obvious, you know, like with the story that you mentioned there, talking about the girlfriend and the parents' bank account. I mean, this is not a guy that you want at the power five level coaching any kids. So I don't know why he didn't just kind of take the show calls ban and, and spill everything to the NCAA. He might have saved himself some some headache there. But and, and some some of the details about like his wife. I think I I was listening. I listened to a big chunk of Basilio today, and somebody was talking about a portion where his wife went in the middle of the night to pay hotels so that these recruits could secretly come to visits. That was one of the violations that is that they were like, according to the NCAA's rules, illegally bringing in recruits during, during COVID. the COVID yeah, period. Yeah. And, and they're going and she was doing that. So he got, he has his wife implicated in all of this and just so much of, like you said, just leaving a paper trail at every point where I would assume the entire staff of the freaking Crown Plaza downtown where the recruits always stay. Or now they've they've switched it over to the embassy suites, I think. But, uh, you know, whatever hotel downtown that they're all staying in, you know, the entire staff there now knows about all of this because, you, you know, the manager is going from there and being like, Jeremy Pruitt's wife just came over here in the middle of the night and just gave me a bunch of money. I mean, there's no motivation there to keep your mouth shut. So the entire town knows about all of this stuff at this point, the Chick-fil-A bags, the whole, just all of the stuff. I mean, my gosh, man, how was this allowed to happen? And I, yeah, obviously I, I don't believe that any of this stuff should really be against the rules. It's a different conversation, no. but just, just my, my goodness, it is just an, an unreal read with all this stuff. Here's the biggest issue that I have with all of it is that to be successful in an SEC program and Jeremy Pruitt alluded to this way before this scandal ever happened. If you remember when when Jeremy Banks was arrested, the famous video where you hear Jeremy Pruitt on the phone talking to the police and he's frustrated and he says, you know, I've worked at so many different places and I've never had anything like this happen. That comment alone just kind of told you how communities at Alabama, Florida State, Georgia, the places where Pruitt had been previously, the whole community just would kind of rally around the football program and right or wrong, 
you know, obviously it's with legal stuff, it, it's probably not right. But they were all kind of in it together, like the Tuscaloosa Athens. Like they're making sure that that they're, these violations aren't going public, that people don't realize that these kids are coming in on unofficial visits and, and they're being paid for all this kind of stuff. And this stuff happens everywhere. Like we, you are so foolish if you don't think that this stuff happens at every single major program. And you're talking about $60,000. It's not like they're talking about, you know, the, the $8 million deal to Nico that happens, you know, a year and a half later. And that just no issues, nothing, no problem with that. It's all out there in public. We all know about it. Everybody knows about it. There will be no, there is nothing to investigate now because suddenly, okay, yeah, NIL money is legal, but we're going to go through almost a three-year investigation, spend millions of dollars on it, and leave Tennessee in limbo over $60,000. And it's not even $60,000 to one player. It's $200 here. It's $1,000 there. I mean, it's just so silly and just such a waste of time. I don't, yeah. I will never understand it. Yeah. General Nealon in the comments, he says 60K over two years paying for unofficial visits is nothing. If anything, UT was over penalized. I agree. If we have yeah. to talk about the actual severity of those penalties completely. I mean, Mr. Jones makes a good point too, to what you're saying there. Northwestern proves. If you are uh, losing, scandals come out. If you win, they stay in the shadows. Losing them brings them brings them to light. Yeah, I, that that's exactly what happened here. Tennessee essentially like found their excuse. Now I've <clears throat> from the very beginning, I was of the opinion of if if Tennessee could have made this go away by paying Pruitt to go away, obviously they should have done that. The primary thing is I'm not sure that was ever really an option. Uh, I think because, you got too public. It was too too many people knew yes. what was happening. It was too sloppy. I mean, really, seriously, from what we know, they, it was too yeah. big of a risk. I think that really, in retrospect, yeah, I know we kind of talked about like, hey, just fire him, pay him the money, and move on. I, I'm not sure that was an option with with all the stuff that Adam Sparks has put out and just the amount of information that was around. I, I just I don't think. And once and once the chancellor knew, I mean, that would have been devastating if some of that stuff would have come out that she knew and then tried to you know, brush it under the rug. I think it would have been worse and Tennessee would really be facing some, some tough penalties at that point. Yeah. I mean, when, when the entire, when the entire staff, the embassy suites knows what's going on, you've definitely let the cat out of the bag. <laughs> it's just, you know, what's interesting. And, and I'd like to know how you feel about this. It, it seems like Philip Fulmer, there was nothing, at least that we've seen so far that, that, that indicates that he knew anything that was going on. Yeah, it really does seem like he was totally in the dark about everything, which is not a necessarily a good thing for Fomer, considering he's the athletic director and working hand in hand with the football coach. I don't think it's I mean, it worked out good for him, I, I suppose. So he was kind of able to step down and, hey, he's still at Tennessee football events. I mean, he still gets to be around the program and he kind of skirted through that without being part of the whole controversy that took Pruitt down. But I was wondering how you felt about his role in all of it and what we kind of found out about his ignorance to it all. I mean, I don't know what's worse. If on one hand, your AD may have not known anything about one of the biggest scandals that's ever happened to this school. And it was just oblivious kind of doing, I mean, he was essentially absent as an AD. It, it, it now seems um, he was just kind of taking the money and hanging out. Um, or he really presided over and knew about one of the biggest scandals in history. Like what's, what's worse there. And, and then 
whether he knew it or not, is walking away still getting paid literal millions by the university and being paid literal millions for having done one of the worst things that, that has ever happened to this athletic program in its entire history. I oh, There's a lot to say about Philip Fulmer. I, I know a lot of, of, there's a lot of older fans out there that still feel very strongly. You know, he, he won a national championship as a coach. Obviously, we all will uh, will appreciate that for the rest of time. But, dude, he just, his I think legacy the worst is part, something. I think the mm. worst part of anything that came out from this whole ordeal, and we knew this before the investigation happened, because, look, we were, you know, it's funny, it, you know, before the recruiting, scandal hit i mean we were doing podcasts about it and we weren't the only ones plenty of people were like tennessee needs to fire this guy i mean you've lost to kentucky yes. at home i mean got blown out by kentucky and lost to an auburn team that you should have been lost lost several games that they should have won in that COVID season and fomer wanted to keep pruitt and and we've seen the emails now that he was like i've seen progress uh and, and making all of these excuses even blaming the loss to vanderbilt i guess in was it 2018 when they lost to vandy or 2017 that loss yeah, I, it's just mind blowing that they were, you know, ma- that he was making these excuses and really wanted to keep Pruitt. And then, then his list of, of sixteen coaches that that was on his, uh, you know, list of, of potential replacements for Pruitt if he was fired was less than inspiring. And Josh Heupel's name was not on it at all, which hey wasn't on our list either. But still, was it I true mean, that one of the names was fake? Well, I, so here's what I think, and and uh, I think Adam Sparks pointed this out in his one of his articles that he wrote he he listed the name alex french which there is no college football assistant with that name but the assumption is that he meant alex grinch, alex grinch. The, you know the former yeah. defensive coordinator that it made you know i think was he at ohio state maybe at one point or they tried I to hire so. him i can't i think that's who he probably meant but if you don't know the name what are you doing you're just wikipedia <laughs> names i mean it's like fans are in coaching uh. search he's just throwing names out there uh, Alex, it was French, interesting. Man. He had he did have Hugh Freeze's name on there, so that, well, that, that's what you should have done. But yeah, well, here we are. Uh, I I think we we ultimately may have gotten the better end of the deal, even if if Freeze was an option. Uh, yeah, I mean, even even some. This is another one of the wild parts. Philip from Warburg, right here in the comments, he says Tennessee state law will let the NCAA give them a ball ban in this case, and apparently the attorney general. For the state of Tennessee, and you know, half the people that work in the state government here, if not more, went to the University of Tennessee. I mean, it's a, just a pipeline to everything here in this state. Um, this the state government, state legislature. Uh, but the attorney general for the state apparently wrote a letter to the NCAA telling them that they would be in violation of Tennessee law if they were to impose a bull ban. Which is incredible. I mean, that's Which, awesome. That, and that was because of the the student athletes' abilities to earn NIL money, yes. right? I mean, that would be the whole purpose of that. Yep. And and so you, yeah. The the rule is now you cannot impede these players from making NIL money, which the NCAA that's their entire function at this point. They really have no other purpose, and that purpose is obviously corrupt and ridiculous. But I, I mean, this this thing really just ran the gamut. It it had. Absolutely everything. I mean, freaking make the movie, make the documentary, whoever. Oh, yeah. Netflix, there has come to on. be, yes, some, somebody, please. Netflix gets gotta, everybody to talk anyway, so please. I mean, here's, here's the movie right here. It's, it's an ultimate, like, kind of redemption story. 
chronicle the Pruitt nonsense, and it the ending of the movie is the eleven and two season, right? Mm-hmm. And that's obviously that would be incredible recruiting for the University of Tennessee for one thing. Although there would probably be some pretty embarrassing moments in there, but you just look at the success of some of that, some of the stuff off of like Netflix. Hey, there's a recruiting opportunity right there. You get that name out there, you go. Yeah, we went through all this, but it ended with an eleven to two season. We got the guy. Yeah, ha ha. You know, hey, put bring me in. I'll be a producer. Listen, I'm I'm an ideas guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got it. Be uh, a consultant but, on set. Yeah, seriously though. Seriously though, my, it's just crazy. I mean, you just yeah. This is such a trite thing to say, but literally, you cannot make this stuff up. Some of the stuff that's in this, you could be like a college football author if that exists, and you could not come up with this in your brain. Some of the things from this story, it is just so, so wild. But I honestly just go back to 2008 and do the whole thing, just make it a whole series, a whole season. Might as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Make it, make it like a six part limited run on Netflix. You know what uh, the the crazy thing too about Jeremy Pruitt, which has kind of been overlooked, it seems like a little bit, is he got this five year or six year show calls ban, right? That he, you know, that makes it really hard to hire him. On top of that, if he is hired, he has to sit out a full year and be suspended. And so he won't, you know, if Alabama tries to hire him this offseason, he still can't go coach in twenty twenty four. You know, he's. He, do you hire him anyway? Can you fill that spot on field? How does that work? would Saban just kind of want him in the building? Because that's, you know, that's the assumption is that's where he's going to end up. And to and to in Pruitt's defense, really that six-year show calls deal with the one-year suspension seems pretty harsh in a way. I mean, for no more money than it was, the fact that, yes, he should have understood everything that was going on. And I think he did know most of what was going on, even if he doesn't say that, because uh, he was such a control freak. He wanted, you know, he wanted to have power over every single part of the program. And that was probably what led to his his undoing and getting fired but for you know sitting out as long as he has he hasn't coached since 2020 in college hard to hire him his name's kind of you know who knows if he'll ever get another head coaching job even if it wasn't for the show calls ban. I, I do feel like the penalty for him might be kind of harsh but i guess they're trying to make an example i don't know it's it's just the ncaa being the ncaa i suppose I, i'm really hopeful that this is kind of the final breath for the NCAA, the final thing that they really, you know, lay down a major punishment for. Um, Cause I mean, it's time. Stop. Just stop. Just it's over. Turn the lights off. Leave it behind. All right. Hopefully we can, we can book in the NCAA here, but uh, I, uh, well, there's so much here that you could go into and, and i i don't want to open up another can of worms was there was there anything else you wanted to cover that you feel is just vital with the the ncaa stuff zach no i'm sure some some stuff will will, will pop into my mind as, as we go along it's just there's so much you know in the coming weeks that i'm sure we'll be able to discuss as we get up to the start of the season oh yeah and i mean you know there's going to be questions at uh at media days about this now that we know the punishment we we even talked <laughs> two weeks ago we were like, what What could be the gotcha moment at SEC Media Days? And I guess at this point, this wouldn't be a gotcha moment. 
But uh, yeah, here here comes the actual hard questions for Hypo and Media Days. You Kirby know, Smart's probably pretty happy. It kind of takes a little little bit yeah. of the attention off of Georgia and their legal troubles. I mean, I think the the family of that that person that was killed in that accident is suing Jalen Carter. I believe that you know, it was drafted by the Eagles. I mean, this is a whole mess down there at Georgia. I think somebody from ESPN called on Kirby Smart to get Peter Burns, maybe said hey get it together you got to get it together down there so when you're getting espn coming at you usually not good so he's probably happy that tennessee's taking a little bit of the attention off of him but i i I still think he might have a tough time this week i mean you gotta if you're gonna be the most prominent representative of this sport cut it out all all of this stuff I mean, that's that's me being extremely kind. The things that are alleged in some of those AJC articles are horrific. This, so, yeah, I agree with Peter Burns. Yeah, get it get it together, Kirby, because you're an embarrassment. But, you know, he has the best team in the game. So yep. what are you going to do? Uh, Kirby dumb, if you will. Th- this is interesting right here. Elo Gray says, roll tide. But then he says, <laughs> you're all about to sit here and talk with one person. It's crazy, but I rock with it. So I'm going to tune in, share a second time. Well, thank you. And on that note, uh, do share the show, please. We really appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your pets. I don't know. Anybody and everybody that needs to know about the show. We want as many people uh, hanging out as as possible. But otherwise, oh, I mean, I could, I could go on all day about this NCAA stuff, but we do have to move on. We got a little recruiting tidbit um, that, that just dropped that we're going to talk about. And honestly, it's not little. This if this happens it's actually going to be huge and we're going to talk about it right after i tell you about superbook sports our next uh, great sponsor superbook we are changing the game help your bets stay hot this summer at superbook sports the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to las vegas and now when you use the promo code a to z you score up to 250 dollars with their first bet bonus win or lose superbook will match your first bet up to 250 dollars with promo code a to z a t o z Download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code A to Z, and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. That is Superbook Sports. Shout out to them. Go download the app, support them, because they support us. Yada, yada. Uh, now, with recruiting, the, the genesis of this NCAA talk, the thing that caused all of this to happen, college football recruiting. Uh, Josh Heupel is doing uh, a pretty pretty nice job so far on the recruiting trail. But uh, there's a wide receiver named Mike Matthews, who is a five-star, who has been in, in play with Tennessee for quite a while now, had a number of visits to Tennessee. And now, just in, uh, in the last little bit here, I don't know exactly when it came out, but I saw it today, Steve Wiltfong, Recruiting analyst at uh, 247, if I'm thinking correctly, dropped a crystal ball for Mike Matthews to come to the University of Tennessee. And then Mike Matthews also announced that he will be announcing it Friday, I think, Friday of this week. Is that uh, or is that the, was July 19th? 19th. That's that's yeah, yeah, Wednesday. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So July 19th. Um, and so I, I always say it. Those recruiting directors and those analysts, they do not say that stuff for no reason. And they also don't say that stuff with with a big chance that they might be wrong. Oftentimes, 
this player has told the staff of the school he's going to commit to that he's going to commit, has told these recruiting guys that he's going to commit to that certain school, maybe has filmed a video, has, you know, the school is preparing content for when, or the, you know, the school can't announce his commitment like that, but like people around this kid are putting together content for his commitment. Um, a lot of that stuff happens and these recruiting analysts get wind of that or the kid tells them directly. And so I see still Steve Wolfong making this prediction and it really makes me think Tennessee is about to get the biggest recruit of this class so far. This could be huge, Zach. Yeah, it certainly seems like it's trending that way. In fact, it, it's trending so hard that way that if if they don't land him, it's it's one of those deals where, yeah, Tennessee can develop wide receivers under Josh Heupel. We've seen that, but this is an elite level future NFL, you know, first round type of talent. I mean, that is what you're getting if you get Mike Matthews. And Tennessee hasn't really had that necessarily yet since since Heupel's been there. You can maybe put Jalen Hyatt in that category, but I think Mike Matthews is a more complete receiver and no, no shade to Hyatt in, in any way. But even coming out of high school, this is, you know, he's a top five, you know, in the nation recruit, I think, overall. I mean, this is exactly the type of player that Tennessee has to start landing if they're going to compete for national championships and go up against Georgia and Alabama and all these programs, uh, USC, Ohio State, you have to have elite talent. I mean, you have to have not just elite, but you got to have a guy that at times is the best player on the field to win a championship. And Matthews is that type of guy. And you combine that with Tennessee's style of offense under Josh Heupel and the way they're able to get the most out of their wide receivers. It's really exciting to think about. So hopefully – you know, it comes through. Wilt Fallen's right. Matthews commits to Tennessee like it looks like it's trending. It'd be a really, you know, disappointing if it doesn't happen. Seems like it is. Fingers crossed. You know, you never know with recruiting. Multiple videos could have been filmed. Multiple articles could have been written. Maybe he's telling somebody else something else. You never really know. Sometimes these guys like to kind of play tricks and keep everybody guessing. I think we saw that recently with Wilt Fawn made a crystal ball prediction for somebody and had to take it down because he didn't they didn't kind of want that out there yet. Because like you said, I mean it's it's the biggest sign that you can give when there's like four or five of these national recruiting guys from for all these companies from own three and twenty four seven and rivals. One of those guys puts that out there, they're putting their whole reputation at stake. So they're not gonna do it unless they're pretty sure uh that that they're gonna be right. So it's a you know, good sign for Tennessee, but until he commits, until he signs, I'm always kind of leery. Exactly. 100% agree on all that. Lil, Lilburn, Georgia is where Mike Matthews comes from. It looks like on the on three, the the consensus. So he's a five-star everywhere except on three, actually. That's interesting. Really? Yeah. Uh, he, he's a 98 on 247, 91 on ESPN, a 6.1 on Rivals. Not sure the scale there on Rivals, but uh, and 96 on on three, which I guess makes him a four star. <laughs> you gotta be really highly rated uh, on, on three to, to get a five star. But uh, according to the, the recruiting prediction machine, an 87% chance he goes to Tennessee. The next highest is Clemson at 5%. <laughs> so I think they feel pretty strongly that he's going to go to Tennessee too. As you said, this stuff can get weird. And you never know with these kids. But I, I would ask you this in light of the conversation that we just had. If Jeremy Pruitt was still the coach at Tennessee, how much money would he give to Mike Matthews in a Chick-fil-A bag? You think? Probably like what, 300 bucks? Maybe 500, <laughs> 300, 500. I mean, 750 to Darnell Washington, one of the best, you know, Titans we've seen in quite some time in college. Yeah. I, 
It doesn't seem like he would be giving twenty grand out there. He'd just give him some money so he could get two Athens from Knoxville, apparently. Yeah, you, you can definitely tell a difference. Hypo giving out allegedly, reportedly, uh, you know, eight million bucks. But Pruitt, Pruitt said, here's here's a parking voucher. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> parking is tough. It, hey, it, it's downtown on Knoxville. Campus. Yeah, it gets dicey. Especially on campus. Don't even get me started on campus. It's a horrendous hey, parking situation. Though. This is like a side note, but we went to the Baseball Hall of Fame up here yesterday. Uh-huh. And there's a uh, parking lot there. Kind of a, it's a nice little town. Quaint. Very cool found a parking lot and there's a stand and it says you know park here honor system you put 15 dollars in an envelope write your license plate number on the envelope and you put it in a drop box it's like yeah okay i'll do that yeah i'm, I'm visiting your town i'll put the 15 dollars in the envelope we go eat lunch check out the hall of fame come back maybe three three and a half hours later there's a parking citation on the vehicle so what yep <laughs> i'm I don't know where we went wrong or if it's a scam or what. I mean, it's a whole little like oh, shack maybe. thing, like a permanent structure. It wasn't a temporary deal. I mean, it's something that is in this parking lot at all times. So it's, you got to, got to pay it though. So you got God. Could he use the parking voucher from Jeremy Pruitt? Clearly. Hey. He was up in New York, uh, I think in what, 2021 with the Giants. So you just missed some him. connections. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but that that is besides the point. Yeah, Jordan Estrada he says that Wilt Wilt Fong did the I believe the wrong prediction for Russell. Oh, Braylon, uh, I think that was yeah. the right prediction. I believe. Right? Oh, was he it? Just I think, and he just it was the one that he had the. Oh, he, down, sorry, sorry. Right? No, he, he he took it down early. He took it down early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, I'm surprised yeah. more recruits don't do that because they. I mean, the whole point of having an announcement is to kind of surprise everybody and build up this big moment. If everybody knows where you're going. Not as much hype around it. So I'm I'm surprised that Mike Matthews and, and whoever else that they, you know, aren't more careful about that or tell them, hey, could you please not put that out there? Uh, I could see how that could get dicey. Yeah. I mean, there's just so many. When you're a recruit, there's so many of those guys and every single one of them is is trying to get in your ear and try, you know, trying to, to get a quote from you, trying to see where you're going, what you're doing. Uh, so that, that's probably got to be tough, but yeah, I, I could definitely imagine those guys being like, Hey, could you just like not <laughs> do that? That would be so annoying. Uh, but that's, that's that for the re- the recruiting piece for this oh, week. We you got, also got, uh, got Edwin Spillman yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, still on. Yes. That's what it was. That is Friday. Um, and that, that's, another, I mean, it could be a really big recruiting week for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. If you, if you got Matthews on Wednesday, Spillman, I think uh, the consensus on him is Tennessee too. I think a lot of people really think he's, he's leaning Tennessee, which is really great. Uh, so, Hey, his brother's at Tennessee, right? Yes. So I think, yeah, that seems pretty likely. I, I know I, I'm not sure how many services, but I want to say on at least one of the services, Spillman is the number one player from the state of Tennessee. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, it, it's, that would be a huge pickup. Uh, hopefully all of that, happens uh again after sec media days zach and i we we will i think at that point when we do that after hypo speaks at sec media days and the guys that are going to be there from the team uh we'll know about mike matthews at that point i don't think we won't know about spillman because it would be thursday but right uh look out for that on thir- maybe it'll probably post on friday but we're going to record a quick thing about everything that happens at sec media day so look out for that on the a to z sports nashville youtube channel Go uh, subscribe over there. 
hit that notification bell so you know when it comes out. And uh, now we'll just finish with this, Zach, so we don't go too long on this deep in the offseason podcast. Um, you got baseball. Didn't all work out the way that we wanted, but I think Tennessee is still going to have a really good baseball team, and we're going to talk about it all right after I tell you about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Whiskey. Nothing goes better with a Tennessee sports victory than a great whiskey, and I'm talking specifically about Rattle and Snap Tennessee Select Straight Whiskey. It's a Tennessee whiskey product line from Log Still Distillery, named after a long-forgotten game of chance. Rattle and Snap is a whiskey for those that make their own luck. There's a four-year and an eight-year version you can get your hands on. They're in stores across the state of Tennessee, but also available in Kentucky, Indiana, and Mississippi. Follow them on Instagram, Rattle and Snap Whiskey. But then also, uh, we got uh, a giveaway, Zach. Do, do you have, I think it's posted on the A to Z Sports social pages. Uh, I looked at it, but I don't have it right in front of me. But regardless, go to the A to Z Sports Instagram page and find the Rattle and Snap concert contest. You can get tickets to L King. At the Rattle and Snap Distillery, they have an amphitheater at the Rattle and Snap Distillery. And L. King, the musical artist, is going to be there. And you can get tickets, a free night's stay. I believe there's food included, too. It's a freaking steal if you can be the lucky one uh, that wins it. And so go over to uh, the A to Z Sports uh, socials and get in on that. It's, let's see... Oh, maybe they <laughs> maybe they haven't posted it yet. <laughs> well, either way, it's happening. So look out for it. Here's here's what you do. Go and follow the A to Z Sports. Uh, they, they gave us that whole rundown. Ben didn't actually post it today. So shout out to our social media guys. Hey, if any of you are listening, maybe do the things you said you were going to do. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but go, go watch that because that contest is happening. So uh, look out for that on our social medias. All right. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. You're you're way more involved. Don't call him out by name, Zach. But let me be clear. I don't even know who this social media guy is. <laughs> we have so many employees at this point. It's it's hard to keep up with everybody. Yeah. Uh, apologies for for calling them out. But yeah, they gave us a rundown earlier today, and it's not posted yet. But keep your eye out for it. Like I said, go follow so that you're prepared when it does drop. All right. So Tennessee baseball. Um. You we were looking last week. And we were hoping, you know, it was getting a little weird with the Chase Burns lottery. And we were like, oh, is there a chance he might come back? Well, he goes to Wake Forest, which I'm okay with. You know, he doesn't come back to Tennessee, but at least he's not in the SEC. He's with a really good baseball team, a baseball team that could win the College World Series next year. But he's not in the SEC, so that's a little bit of a win as far as that whole crappy situation goes. But then with the MLB draft, we were also hopeful Jared Dickey would come back. He's not going to. Got selected in like the 13th round and still elected to go. And, and you're more of a baseball guy, Zach. You are literally in Cooperstown, uh, New York right now. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they just went over slot for him, basically. I mean, they drafted yeah. him late, but they gave him a much higher signing bonus than a late round pick typically would okay. get, which isn't super uncommon. Uh, that happens a lot. And I guess they felt like, hey, you know, it's not too big of a risk to take him this late if he doesn't sign. It's just a you know late round pitch. It's not a huge deal, and I think they would get it back next season anyway. So it's it's always a good gamble for an MLB team to make, and it, it paid off in that instance. I I hope 
that it works out for him because he would have been such a great piece for the baseball team next year. He will not be also included on that list is the transfer from Wofford, Ryan Galaney. He will be heading to the pros. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we were hoping that he also would not. Uh, But hey, go chase your dreams. Go make the big bucks in the MLB. That's great. Even if I just outside looking in, I kind of go like, could we really not hook this kid up with enough NIL money to make him want to stay and try to build their draft stock? But hey, go ahead to uh, to the miners and and get get it going. Uh, I'm never going to hate on you for making a life decision like that. So uh, rooting for both of them. But now I think all eyes kind of turn for sort of like all of major college baseball to Luke Coleman at Alabama, who has still not made a decision. And according to some of the national guys in college baseball uh, reporting, it's Tennessee is deep in it. LSU. Um, who else was on that list? Those are the two main ones I've seen. Uh, Mississippi State. It was Mississippi State. And that's kind of who is vying for his services. Um, I will say, I kind of mentioned earlier, for the NCAA stuff, I was listening to Basilio earlier today to just see how fans are feeling when they call into his show. Um, and he actually mentioned that uh, according to who he's spoken to, Tennessee feels decently about getting Holman. Uh, you know, take that of what it is. That could mean kind of anything. Um, but that that's really the only tidbit I have about it. But make no mistake, that would be a massive, massive pickup. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that situation, Zach. No, I mean, just hopefully for his sake, he's able to, to get out of Alabama where they, you know, bet on baseball and bet against Alabama, apparently, and all kinds of shitty things going on down there. I can understand why, why nobody, you know, kind of wants to stick around there. I don't know. Don't up against LSU, though. That That's the tough one right there. I mean, coming off yep. winning the College World Series, you, uh, you know, Paul Steens goes, you know, what, number one overall after being a transfer, you know, coming in from Air Force to LSU. That's tough to compete with, and especially when you lose, you know, Chase Burns to Wake Forest, presumably because of his MLB future and wanting to be guaranteed a spot in the rotation. You know what kind of talent Chase Burns is, but obviously Tony Vitello and his staff are not going to make those sorts of promises to players, which I totally respect because the game of baseball is so crazy. You just don't know what's going to happen with your rotation and and what will work and what won't work. I mean, making adjustments this season probably saved the season. Uh, and credit to Vitello and Frank Anderson for making those adjustments. So, I mean, they're in a position where I think it could be tough to close it out, but at the same time as Tennessee, they're getting guys to the, to, to the majors and, and drafted pretty regularly over the last couple of years, including pitchers, you know, with Dolander and Tidwell going high the past couple of seasons. I think they're in a pretty good spot. And if they do, you know, I mean, Tennessee's just kind of in that spot where they can reload and, and go right back after it season to season now. I mean, that's why Tony yeah. Vitello is so invaluable to this university at this point, regardless of the fact that I've already seen some of those comments. I know you've seen them too. Like, okay, he still can't win the bid one. Well, I mean, he's been in Tennessee for like six years. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It might not ever happen. Who knows? I mean, I think it will just because of you keep getting there enough. Eventually, I think you're going to get hot and go on a run. But it's not, you know, that's not it's not the Super Bowl. It's not an NFL coach trying to get over the hump or like a, you know, Dan Marino chasing rings all those years and never been able to get one. It's winning the College World Series. It's such a difficult thing. It's almost like, you know, hitting a little miniature lottery in a way. You just got to get hot at the right time. And Vitello can't control that. I mean, that's totally out of his control. Yeah, so that's so crazy. I mean, literally, the only big one he hasn't won is the national title. 
Yeah. He's made it to multiple college world series. He has won an SEC championship regular season and the tournament. He's it's, I mean, can't win the big one. Yeah. He can't win the big one. Like so far, so far, I'm not saying he can, I'm saying I think he will in his time at Tennessee. In fact, I think he will win multiple in his time at Tennessee before he's gone. If Tennessee can, can hang on to him. I mean, pay the man, but you know, come, come on. If, if he was, 15 years into his career, double his time now, plus some, and he still has made it to, you know, maybe a couple of NCAA finals and lost. Yeah. Okay. You maybe start having that conversation, but like, come on. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like Jordan's comment here. He says, is it weird that even with what we lost, I still think we have the deepest pitching staff in the country. Wake might have the best starting rotation though. Yeah. That may be true with Burns now uh, at wake, but yeah, I agree. Just the, the depth and how you know what Tennessee can just keep putting out there it's quality all the way down and if you bring it home and I think that's unequivocally true in my opinion I I don't know all the way across college baseball but I would say you would be hard pressed to get a bullpen that's better than that one if you add Holman to this rotation so and we'll we'll see what happens but otherwise I think somebody in the comments said they were asking about Zane Denton isn't it the kind of the Consensus there is that he's coming back, right? Yeah, I think he, I mean, basically he would just have to, I think, sign like, because he didn't get drafted, right? Or was he selected I, no, super I late? Think Maybe so. I think he'd have to sign like an undrafted free agent deal, which does happen in baseball. And some of those guys make it every now and then, but pretty, pretty rare. I would think he'd want to come back and maybe try to get drafted next season. That would yeah. at least be, that's what I would do in that instance. It's pretty funny that you type in Zane Denton. <laughs> In Google, <laughs> the second thing that comes up is Zane Denton, Taylor Swift. No, <laughs> oh, that is yeah, that's that whole thing went around. Yeah, yep. uh, but regardless, it's going to be a good baseball team next year. Almost no matter how you how you slice it, you still did add some hitting power with uh, some other transfers, and there there's even I want to say there's another Arizona State kid from Arizona State that's still floating out there. Maybe Tennessee. I don't know. Um, We'll, we'll have to see how it turns out. We'll talk about all of it, but uh, I think that's a show. Again, we'll look out uh, on Thursday, Friday, I would say almost certainly Friday, probably around midday, a video dropping with myself and Zach talking about SEC Media Days and hopefully talking about Mike Matthews having committed to Tennessee. We'll, we'll uh, see what happens there on Wednesday. And otherwise, I think that is it. Thanks to everybody. For watching, Jordan, Heath, General Nealon, Weston. Uh, There's a lot of people tonight. Dang, look at all of this. Everybody, Mr. Jones, as always, always Moneyline Mills, Philip from Wartburg, and Big Ten Jeff. Always just bringing up the rear there, Big Ten Jeff. All right. We really appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for listening. We really, seriously, we can't thank you enough. You're the reason this show keeps on chugging. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan. Go to A to Z sports.com for everything that Zach writes. And other than that, We'll talk to y'all on Thursday or Friday. See you guys later.